This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. Yes, you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon where every Sunday except the last two Sundays, but including this coming Sunday, you get a whole bonus episode of says who if you give it the five or ten dollar a month level, that ten dollar a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the says who sticker club. Everything's good at the Patreon dot com slash says who go there dan have you heard about books mm-hmm. yeah i write them oh you you write them mm-hmm. people like to read them true i cannot recommend reading books enough i'm working on a new book are you really yes Whoa. Oh, I did so much work on it when i was away well that's nice not writing work but research work okay i was that's out of my house it. yeah it was, it was. Sure. Books. I'm just generally talking about books right now. Please read Truly Devious. And have you passed it on to somebody today? Have you said, have you grabbed them by the, the scruff of the neck and said, hey, look at this. Look at this book. Look at it. Read it. Read it. And just stand there and then throw them in the closet and lock them in with a copy. I'm not letting you out until you read this book. And then they're like, get me out. I'm hungry. I don't live here. And they're like, ah, and you have to like read this fucking book. And then they're like, yeah, I'm going to call the police. And you're like, yeah, I took your phone. So you read the book. And then they're like, pound it. Oh, let me out. Let me out. And then finally they, they are like, yeah, I'll read the book. And then they, oh, they come out and they're like, oh, they're so mad. And they're like chiseling their way out. Anyway. That's it. Yep. Okay. If you want to buy books on the internet, you can go to kickbezosintheballs.org and that will attach you to our very own bookshop where all of Maureen's books are easily accessible. But also, so are books, generally speaking, because there's a search bar that you can use to search for books and then you will get them in the mail sent to you all without ever sending a dime to a jerk. Kickbezosintheballs.org also buying things on the internet and not supporting jerks, you can go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com where you can get Says Who stuff 100% jerk-free at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Hey, Maureen, it's been a couple of weeks. You've been away. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how to do this anymore, but how was your trip? Dan... (sighs) You seem stressed. It's just, uh, there's a lot going on. Why don't you, well, let me, let me just, uh, have you ever just taken a walk in nature? Uh, Yeah. And really seen where the Uh, sky meets the land. Oh, Jesus Christ. That bright line of the horizon. about post-vacation, Maureen. Constantly moving, yet Uh, static. mm -hmm. And that. Okay. Can always move towards it, but it's, it's always go long. You know that's the thing about the horizon, Dan. Oh boy, you always move towards it, and it's still always ahead of you at the same distance. And it's <sighs> that's that's something to think about. And I is it when you get out, you really breathe in the fresh air, do, and you really feel how good it is to, to breathe uh, and just be, okay. just be, Dan. Like you could is just it? go out there and be in uh-huh. the in the yeah. in the in the just right. nature's good. You know, just, yeah, sure. What what did you what was what were, what were you asking? It's me? time to do says who. Mm. Welcome. <sighs> and breathe out. To says who? The podcast that's. Not a podcast. It's a kind of. It's a, well, it's a coping strategy. But you don't need to cope. You need to live. You need to thrive. Boy, this you know is going to be a long episode if this There's keeps a going. Big difference between coping and Jesus living. Christ. Just living at your fullest. I'm Dan Sinker. Hey, Dan. <sighs> Hi, more. Welcome back, Maureen Johnson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been in jolly old England. I was in Arizona and then I was in England. I was in England for 
eight full days. Yeah, you were. Yeah. And you just got back. Yeah, I Are came back. Are you jet lagged the fuck out? Mm, not too bad. Okay. Got back on Sunday night. Now it's Tuesday morning or That's Tuesday true. afternoon. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Want me to tell you about it? I would love it. All right. I'm going to tell you two, a tale of two, of one trip told okay. two ways. One trip, two ways. One, I went, I was in the country for a lot yeah. of it. I walked the forest. I befriended ponies and donkeys. I walked through rolling green gardens. I listened to babbling brooks. I never read the news once. That sounds good. I had tea and cake out. It was sunny and warm the whole time. It was like English summer the whole time. Yeah. The sun came out the day I arrived and stayed out the whole time. Okay. And it was sunny and 65, 70 degrees the whole time. Ah. Uh. It was the, like that English summer. Yeah. I didn't wear a coat or a jacket half the oh, time. Oh, man. I wore like a sleeveless shirt. I smelled the earth and I smelled the grass and the flowers. I pet dogs. I had a little drink outside at the pub. I saw friends. I saw family. I saw so many beautiful gardens and it ended in London and it was like the most perfect, sunny, London, I was there with my friends. We had a flat in the very center of town, about two seconds walk from Trafalgar Square. Ooh. Literally, you turn the corner and you went down a little alley and that was the flat. That's nice. We'd sat outside at the pub, had a mm -hmm. drink, pet dogs, talked. Sounds wonderful. I never read the news once, uh. except maybe once. You're not the only one that spent a little time in nature, Maureen. All right. Uh, I think that I have mentioned before that the teen has to get some volunteer hours. And so he has been uh, getting those volunteer hours in part by doing forest cleanup in the uh, Chicago suburbs. And I've been accompanying him because it is uh, it's nice work also kind of fun to hang out with him uh it involves a lot of cutting down trees and then burning them as discussed prior i burnt about three inches of my beard off the first time mm. we did it this time which was not this past sunday but the sunday before we were out uh, it was a really beautiful day uh he that turned out there were some other kids from his high school there so he went off and and worked with them which was great and so i was kind of just do catch his catch can and they were cutting down a tree a big tree these were probably 50 foot tall trees they were very large trees and uh i was helping uh guide it in the correct direction and uh we pushed it and it got a little stuck in other branches so that involved a little bit more uh kind of pushing and and rocking it back and forth and it finally fell and it fell directly on a probably three foot stump which caused it to shoot backwards and I took a fucking 50 foot tree to the gut morning <laughs> it was bananas it hurt so bad I did I did not get impaled which was in retrospect very lucky also very lucky. Had it been six inches lower, I would have taken it right in the crotch, which would have been a bad scene. Had it been, you know, 18 inches up, I would have taken it to the face, which would have also been a bad scene. Directly in the gut, just a remarkable hit. And uh, for the week after, my stomach just kept looking more and more like a star that had gone supernova. Just a burst of color it's finally subsided it's still a little bit lumpy in there <laughs> but uh boy oh boy maureen that was my bout with nature nature one dan zero sorry it's okay i'm sorry dan no internal bleeding as far as i know oh my god <laughs> it was a hell of a hit did you it go to the really hospital? Was. I didn't. 
<laughs> Should you have? I uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it really was just it is deep, deeply bruised. I, 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 I'm worried. It's fine. It's fine. Is it? Yeah. It's definitely fine. Sure. Anyway, your second story well, of your time in England. I didn't know you get hit by a tree. Oh, I didn't share it widely till now. Oh, damn. Didn't want to discourage people from doing their part to help the environment. I didn't want to let them know that sometimes the environment fights back. That tree just didn't want to come down. Should have left it alone. Well, now I feel bad. It's okay. You know those pictures uh, from like the Hubble Space Telescope of like a star being born? Yeah. It's like dark, deep, milky blue with reds and yellows shooting through it. It swirls. That's exactly what my entire gut looked like. It's okay. Because my experience in nature was every day I would send Oscar texts that just said things like, I just want to tell you how happy I am and how great everything is. See, this is where I have an intervention and I encourage you to stay. Just don't chop any trees down, but you could hang out with wild donkeys all the time. Here's the thing, though. First of all, it was one of those trips that felt so magical that you knew that to hold on to the moment, you had to be prepared to let the moment go. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have... After a while, then, you know, your relatives will get annoyed that you're there and the weather will change. And in fact, the day we left, it turned back to English weather. It was basically like a sign Sunday morning. It said, clearly you're leaving. We're putting back the normal shit that we have here. But I will say this about it, Anne. I was only in England. In England right now, It's like, how do I put this? It was like going back. It was like I time traveled back to 2019. So this is your second view of your trip. This is the second view of the trip. All right. Is that I flew on the day that, for political reasons, Boris Johnson lifted all mandates. Yeah. So on the plane, we had to wear the mask. When the plane was taxing we had to wear the mask the second the plane was attached to the jetway they said welcome to the uk according to the regulations here now spring break go nuts tits out and you can take your masks off and you don't have to wear them again and then i entered a whole new world dan yeah where as soon as i left the airport even in the airport they were they were pretty much gone like walking around the airport, the masks were largely gone. Those okay. of us who were still getting off planes, some of us were still wearing them. Yeah. But by the time we left, I never saw another mask. Jesus. Except for like once or like I saw, when I say never, I saw a handful of masks. Yeah. You could count them on two hands. And I was walking through the center of London. Yeah. Every restaurant was packed to the rafters. Every bar was packed to the rafters. The first night that we were there, we were trying to get some food from Wagamama and mm-hmm. I was trying to get a takeout to take back to our hotel room and the yeah. place was just rammed. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there, the only one with the mask on, waiting for the takeout bag, looking around going, where am I and what's happening? And from that point on, I just entered a world where we seem to be the only one that put on a mask at any time ever. Wow. So by the end of the week... It was like I was being gaslit by a country. <laughs> like, I just felt when you're the only one in the mask, you're looking around going, did I imagine it? Did it not happen? Maybe it didn't happen. Like, I know it happened. Some of us are talking about how it happened. And yet, I'm looking in all of these windows of all of these bars and all these restaurants. And um, I told you, and I'm, I guess I'm going to blow the... I had no indoor dining until the very last day, Saturday, we had to take tests. We had to take our fit to fly test and we passed. No COVID. And I was out running around in London doing some research for this book. Yeah. I did a lot of research for the new book, which takes place in London, in in England. And I, Oscar and my friend Alexander, 
we're waiting. And I, I was like, all these restaurants are full. If we need to get any food tonight, I think I have to physically go in and be like, can we sit? Can we come in and have one of these outdoor tables? Yeah. So I found a place. Oscar really wanted Indian food because that's okay. his thing. Like he's English. And he's like, I really want some home food. <clears throat> and I said, I'd like to get one of these outdoor tables. And they said, okay, well, right now the wait is an hour and 45 minutes. And you have to stay here. And I said, Oof. okay. You're not kidding. That is a slammed restaurant. So, and they were all like that. And by the way, I got in when there was a very short wait. After Jesus. that, it shot up to about two and a half to three hours. And they were all like that. Wow. It was, everybody was out. So my friend Alexander has had a stroke. He's actually had a bunch of them because he's a show off. And <laughs> he sometimes has, he, his ability to stand is limited. So okay. I wanted to like make sure he, we got him there at the right time so yeah. that he could, that we balanced his standing time and sitting time correctly. So I said, I'll do the first part of this wait and then hop in a cab and come over. And so they come over and I've been waiting. I was eventually from the outdoor line admitted to the bar. So okay. I could sit and I was also trying to power up my phone because my phone had no power. So I'm like climbing under the bar tables. So I'm in a mask like a maniac and I'm trying to climb under the bar tables to plug in my phone. I'm like, hello, this little wretched weird thing that lives under a table <laughs> and wears a mask in the middle of this like beautiful, woo, like super cool, sceney bar place. And so after we've waited the hour and a half, I go up to the counter. I just said, I just want to check on our wait time. And make sure we get this outdoor table. And they said, oh, we're not seating anybody outside. Oh. And I wow. said, but all those tables. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not doing service outside. And by this point, we were so hungry. Alexander needed to sit. Like, Oscar just looked at me and was like, come on, we're just, we're just here. Like, we're, we're on the ride. Yeah. And I just sighed. And reached up and peeled it off. And said, okay, you got me. I made it through this whole eight days. I sat outside in the cold. I sat outside in the, like, I just, you couldn't get me inside. But just incidentally, I had many, many exposures, you know. Like, people had been around. People, like, by this point, we're like, we have already. Yeah. We've already been in the soup, whether the we wanted to be or not. The whole restaurant started chanting, one of us, it one of us. Dan? The whole thing. So I'm I'm sitting there and I'm looking around. And I kept saying, I'm in I'm in a restaurant. I'm in a restaurant. I'm in a restaurant. I'm gonna eat food. There's no there, I don't have a mask on my face. It was so weird. It I didn't it was like I felt like I was gonna be murdered or something. I was just looking around. And then my brain is going, Well, everything that happens to you now is your own fault. This is all your fault. You failed. You failed the test, Johnson. And then my other part was like, I tried. I tried so goddamn hard. Nothing here like is running according to the rules that I have understood for two years. That, though, is really a failure of the fact that our, and not just in the United States, but in places like the UK and all of that, our entire response to COVID has been putting it on the individual like you didn't fail, like the systemic situation failed you. I mean, as Alexander put it, he's like, look, everybody here is very likely going to have been, you know, vaccinated and boosted. Like they have super high rates. And I was like, yeah. And, and it's also like, it's a, it's a percentage game. Yeah. Like, Will you get will you get it from this one? But I have not been in a goddamn restaurant for two and a half years, Stan, and it felt fucking weird and and exciting and scary and mostly just like a giant mind fuck the whole time, like I had time traveled. It just felt I spent the whole time living in this cognitive dissonance of like, I don't know when I am. Yeah. I don't know what's real. It I'm like, I don't know what's real. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. I know what to do. And I know this hasn't happened in two and a half years. And I don't know what's happening. I don't know why I'm the only one that seems nervous. I don't know why I was the only one at the bar with a mask on. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. That sounds right. So I've been testing like a crazy fucking lunatic. 
Got one of these. Yeah. Um, I just feel still like negative. I just feel like I failed. You didn't fail. Didn't Society I? failed you. Well, then I got back to New York and everybody had masks on again. I was like, okay, now I understand everything again. And I'm right back to where I was, where everything, all the rules were like, you want to come in? You got to put a mask on. I was like, okay. Everything is starting to slot back into place. I mean, that experience, which is also true of where I live, is um, not the not the norm in the United States currently. I would say your England experience is far more uh, representative of what's happening than New York or Chicago, for I sure. Felt, I just felt like the whole atmosphere, while no one gave me any shit, although there were definitely reports of people being given shit for wearing masks. Yeah. But it was just like the whole atmosphere and environment was quietly and insidiously whispering to you it's okay just go on yeah just come in just like it was like a siren like i was being called onto the rocks by the siren (laughs) the whisper of the siren that you can just hear just under your under i genuinely felt that psychologically something was going on with me the whole week where i just couldn't understand the enormity of the mental shift And I just kept trying to square the circle from we haven't seen anybody and we haven't gone anywhere to we're in a different country and nothing here is no, nobody's in a mask and everything is operating normally. (laughs) And if you wear a mask, people look at you like you're a little crazy. Also worth noting that uh, the UK COVID rates are up significantly since they dropped everything. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I feel like I just, it was beautiful. It was amazing. I saw my friends and I just swam in a sea of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm clearing my throat, not because I have COVID, but because I took a sip. All right. I'm going to say something else that I wasn't going to say on this, but I'm going to tell you guys. I'm so hungry. <laughs> You're drinking a LaCroix right I'm now. I'm drinking. And then the only reason I'm coughing is I've tickled my throat. But guys, I can't have anything to eat today. Because I have a colonoscopy tomorrow. Now, I'm a delicate person. I'm not going to go into details. I'm just say I'm very hungry. It's just a routine thing. I have to get it because I'm on all these medication stuff. And every once in a while, they have to do it. And I scheduled it for when I got back. Yeah. But here's the thing. Have you ever had one, Dan? I have not. All right. They give you something that in a couple hours I have to take. Yeah. It's a prescription. You go in. And you get the prescription. They're like, okay, your, your prescription is waiting for your Walgreens. I'm going to show you my prescription, Dan. Oh, boy. And you're going to describe it. All right. Are you ready? We're really going on a journey here. Wait, the screen just went dead. Are you ready? I see you. It's a bucket. Dan, yeah, this that's is like a, That looks like uh, if a, you were to buy a industrial gasoline. lubricant. Or like turpentine or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a gallon jug. Yep. That uh, is one of those sort of industrial lubricant rectangle shaped gallons, not a happy milk jug gallon. I could totally keep this for like watering plants. It's huge. Yeah, it's real big. So they they give you this. So when you're they're like, here's your prescription and they hand you a bucket, a bucket of powder. Which you got to fill that thing and drink it all lemon lime flavored. Oh, you don't have to drink all of it. You just have to drink it until it until. I'm not going to go into it. Whoa. You just have to drink this bucket of stuff. That's uh, that's a good time. Everyone is so happy they tuned in right now. Listen, I'm a delicate person. I'm not going to describe, okay. but I'm just saying it's a routine procedure. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go through certain medical conditions and that I having it in the morning. So I really wanted to, to really close off. I've gone from, being inside and doing nothing to going to Arizona, going to England, seeing all these people, having all these experiences, and I'm bringing it all to an end for the month of March, the colonoscopy, and then I'm shutting myself in for all of April to finish a book. <laughs> but I'm there just so hungry. I'm so hungry. I believe it. Well, Maureen, can't, can't you eat for a day. You aren't the only one dodging COVID, though. Among the uh, among the people in this next story, you are the only one successfully avoiding it because the White House is struggling to contain an outbreak 
that just yesterday saw White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre announce that she had tested positive upon return from a trip to Poland with President Biden. After deplaning, she tested and discovered that she was COVID positive. She insists that she's only had socially distant meetings with the president, which is one of the weirder lies that they seem to be telling over there, because there is plenty of footage of all those people not being particularly socially distant. She was on the trip to Poland, uh, which was, you know, Biden dealing with Ukraine stuff because White House press secretary Jen Psaki announced that she was COVID positive last week, just prior to the president's departure. She also insisted that she'd only socially had socially distant meetings with the president. They join other prominent Democrats, Maureen, like Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, VP Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff who've all tested positive in the last couple of weeks. But the one that feels like it's not getting quite enough attention is Jem Psaki. Because Maureen, it isn't just that she got COVID. It's that this is her second fucking time getting COVID in less than five months. I don't like that. Yeah, right? She's vaxxed and boosted and announced on Halloween that she had COVID. And now she has COVID again. If she got it on Halloween, that means she probably had Delta. Yeah, it seems like she got Delta and then got Omicron. Yeah, that's certainly what it sounds like. But, uh, what the fuck? Dan, did I mention how many people have just been around? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea that, like, there's natural immunity... And that if you especially good, if you stack it on top of your vax and boost immunity, uh, Jen, see the like she's literally the White House press secretary. She's like the most prominent person in the White House that isn't the president or the vice president. Dan, I can't I can't make this math. Nothing adds up. It was like, I was like, I was shot out of a t-shirt cannon into the, you know, it was like, you're going to be in for two years (laughs) and then we're going to fire you into the sun. Like, that's what it felt like. Yeah. You really did just jump right, jump right in. I I didn't jump so much as I was pushed in. It was like, just, just that. Oh, you, uh, it felt like that. We, uh, we ventured out just a little bit. The kids were on spring break this week. We went to a college visit for the teen down to Champaign, Illinois. We, uh, rented an Airbnb and, uh, you know, we ended up going into buildings and stuff, but we were all masked. Well, I would say it was about, mm, 60, 40, no mask to mask down there. In which direction? M- more people without than with, I would say. Um, our Airbnb, Maureen, had a Pac-Man machine. It ruled. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, maybe we could just stay here forever. Would you have liked to have stayed there? In an Airbnb with a Pac-Man machine? Sure. Town itself is a very very cute little college town. It's not like one of those Madison, Wisconsin, or Ann Arbor, Michigan, or something where it's like the college town on steroids. It's very college towny, like, you know, just a little cute town cool I've been stuff. There. I like it yeah it's nice they the the a brand new bookstore that is also a cafe and a bar just opened there and they had your book hey because that's what I do when I go into bookstores I look for your book and then I that's send what you photos. I do I know <laughs> I'm the worst you're not the worst I feel like the worst you're not the worst <laughs> let me tell you about the worst all right. Donald Trump has been in the news quite a bit lately. So you've got that measuring stick to measure yourself against. The Washington Post just today reported that there are over seven hours of call logs missing from the White House's legally required documentation of calls Donald Trump received and made on January 6th, 2020. That I, I appreciate that at the Washington Post, they heard gaps and White House and thought somebody pulled 
fucking Bob Woodward out of dry ice. I mean, I assume that when you hear the words missing gaps on a tape and and a record and Washington Post, that they can hit a button that sets off an alarm that sort of is like that blue letter alarm from uh, the Hudsucker proxy. It goes, (laughs) whoop, whoop. We got a Watergate situation. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, Bob Woodward's first uh, first shared byline since I don't even know when. They they a cryogenic container <laughs> opens and he's he's not dead, but he just stays yeah. in there. And he comes out. And he's like, Ugh. and he's like, look through the slips. And that okay. So if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, when Nixon was so they found out in the Watergate hearings, basically through some just casual questioning. They were not expecting this. They said something like, is there any recording equipment? They didn't know there was recording equipment. And the this guy, Alexander Butterfield, was like, yeah, the office is riddled with microphones. And everyone said, holy shit, we need the tapes. And then Nixon wouldn't give the tapes. They fought about the tapes. And they fought, 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 fought. And finally, he turns over all these tapes. He makes a big show of it. Here's me with all my fucking tapes. And there was, I think, a gap of 17 minutes. Does yeah. that sound right? It's right in that. 16, 17, somewhere right in there. And they said, where's this, uh, what's this here? What's, it's uh, just silence on the tape. Yeah. Remember back, this is back before like you could just delete uh, a thing. It's just silent. Yeah, just some kind of mysterious, uh, there seems to be a little, and everyone got real shifty about it and said, oh, we don't know. So that is, uh, I mean, I'm as a, as a Watergate buff, I'm excited yeah. to hear that there's a gap in the tapes and the records. So th- like- this is not a gap in tapes. So this is the official uh, White House logs where they are supposed to keep track of all incoming and outgoing calls regarding the president, as well as, you know, sort of a daily diary of activity. And on the January 6th, 2020, for those of you that are are unable to remember, that would be the day that uh, I guess it, the only people that wouldn't remember that are 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 staunchly Republican listeners of whom none exist. But uh, but that was the day that the Capitol was stormed. By... But if you if you are here, how's it going? Yeah, I hope you're doing good. Um, so the logs for that day, there's a gap that the the logs. Entries stop at eleven seventeen a.m. and don't start up again. Okay, eleven six fifty four p.m. Okay, eleven seventeen. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, Dan, because I was I was uh, turning in a book that day. Yeah. And I was watching the clock very carefully. Yeah. I seem to remember that the actual inc- the uh, break in the kind of break in the line. It was right around noon. I yeah. believe that around that point, they would have breached the steps. Yeah. Okay. So I misspoke. The last phone call recording uh, recorded in the in the log. I'm now looking at the copy okay. of the log that the post. 11.17 a.m. The president talked on a phone call to unidentified person. 11.38 a.m. The president went to the south grounds of the White House. 11.39 to 11.41 a.m., the president motored from the south grounds of the White House to the Ellipse because, remember, he gave a speech that morning. Yeah, he gave a speech. 11.41 a.m., the president arrived at the Ellipse. 11.55 to 11.57, the president went to stage. 12 to 1.12 p.m. is uh, the president made remarks at Save America rally. 117 to 119, the president motored from the ellipse to the south grounds of the White House. 119, the president returned to the south grounds of the White House and went to the Oval Office. 121 p.m., the president met with his valet. 403 p.m., the president went to the Rose Garden. So the the blank is only Mm. about three hours in terms of him walking around or going places. But Mm -hmm. the phone calls stop at 1117. And don't start up again until 6.54 when the president talked to the White House switchboard operator to place a call to Dan Shavino. And in those three or so hours, he's just presumably. Watching TV. Dicking around. But it's the seven, nearly seven hours of uh, no phone calls that seem a little bit uh, questionable because we know, one, that dude never shuts up. 
and is constantly phoning people. And two, the thing that is especially damning is we know that he made phone calls that day because Utah Senator Mike Lee got a call from him during that time thinking that he was calling Senator Tommy Tuberville right. uh, and wanting Tuberville to continue to fight. And we know that he took a call from House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy begging him to call off the fucking insurrection. So there are calls that should be recorded that are not recorded, which certainly leans uh, plenty of people that morning recorded before the 11, 17 a.m. stop. He took eight calls. And uh, that evening, after they started again at 654, he took 11 calls. So suddenly not taking any calls, especially when we know that there were at least two Seems a little bit suspect. Leading House investigative committees to now look into how he was communicating during that gap, whether they just weren't recorded, whether uh, he was using other people's phones or the possibility that he was using burner phones. And he was tweeting throughout this. Yeah. So he had his phone. Oh, he definitely. I mean, that dude, come on. I just dude's saying- got like seven phones. So that's fun. Right. That's a good time. But Ma- Maureen, that wasn't the only news involving phones and shitty people last week. Hit me. The Washington Post also revealed a little bit early, earlier than this that Ginny Thomas, the conservative crackpot wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, sent more than two dozen text messages to Trump chief of staff urging Mark Meadows urging the president to fight the outcome of the 2020 election. The texts from Thomas were among the over 2,000 that Meadows had to turn over to the House Investigative Committee and include Thomas urging Meadows to do things like, quote, release the Kraken and save us from the left taking America down. The New York Times describes her text as, quote, rambling with little attention to punctuation. You surprise me. I know. And they go very, very deep on conspiracy theories all the way down into the QAnon depths. Okay. Interestingly enough, this January, when the Supreme Court greenlit the release of documents from the National Archive to the House Committee, the very documents that we found out this week include a seven-hour call log gap, the only justice to dissent to releasing those documents was Clarence Thomas. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. His wife, who seems to be more than willing to talk to almost anyone about all of this shit, claims that she does not talk to him about her work. Hmm. And he does not talk to her about his work. Sure. Which seems real believable. Yeah. Speaking of things involving Clarence Thomas. I don't want to. I know. He spent the week, the very week that this news was breaking, in the hospital with an unexplained flu-like infection. I don't want to say it, but then nature is healing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, his hospitalization and the Ginny Thomas revelations were happening at the exact same time. The Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham were in a real racist off to see which one could be fucking worse to judge Katanji Brown Jackson, who was sitting in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee for her confirmation hearings to become a Supreme Court justice, the first black woman Supreme Court justice of all time. None of those fuckers were on their best behavior, Maureen. You surprised me. I know. And here I, I thought, and I was expecting, oh, Dan, I, this shit. I was in a field with, a, and a goddamn donkey came up to us. Yeah. A donkey, a big hairy donkey, Dan. Yeah. And he just wanted an apple and a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. Uh, Ted Cruz did, however, hold up a book called Anti-Racist Baby. Yes. And ask Katanji 
if she believed babies were racist, because that's an important question to ask a potential Supreme Court juror. Maureen, that book is illustrated by a person that I've been very lucky to be able to work with for the last few years. And that book is shot to the number one best-selling book of all of Amazon nice. for quite a while. So that dude can sell some fucking books. Yeah. Yeah. And is a real piece of shit. I mean, I went through a whole, I never heard his name all week. Do you know how yeah. nice that is, Dan? I to bet it's never nice. hear his name. I bet that would be nice. Oh, I recommend it. That's like when we were children. I feel like all my, a lot of, not all, but a whole bunch of my brain circuits have been reset. Just by being outside. Well, I'm doing my best, Maureen. I had a big, Dan, I sat, I sat in a garden. Yeah. And I had a pot of tea mm-hmm. and a big slice of Victoria sponge. The most mm. delicious and, more, and most English of cakes. Yeah. It's got a layer of cream and jam in it. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> well, Maureen, you might say, well, missing call logs... Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas being in the hospital, that's enough. It's a lot. It's a lot. But Maureen, also this week, Mm -hmm. a federal judge, while ordering lawyer John Eastman, who drafted the nutty memo on how Trump could overthrow the election, the judge ruled on Monday that former President Donald J. Trump and Eastman had most likely committed felonies, including obstructing the work of Congress and conspiring to defraud the United States. Now, don't get too excited because this was a ruling in a civil case. There are no indictments. Nobody's going to jail. As the New York Times says, the ruling has, quote, no immediate practical legal effect on Trump. But it does lend some heft to the January 6th committee's contention that the attempts to block the 2020 election resulted in a criminal conspiracy. The decision came because Eastman was defying a subpoena to turn over a hundred emails claiming attorney client privilege. And the committee argued that attorney client privilege doesn't apply if it involves committing or covering up a crime. As a result, they had to prove that a crime was involved. And the judge agreed, quote, the illegality of the plan was obvious Not only was it, quote, likely that the men had conspired to defraud the United States, but they, quote, dishonestly conspired to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6th, 2021. Dr. Eastman and President Trump launched a campaign to overturn a Democratic election, an action unprecedented in American history, the judge wrote. So that's something. (sighs) Well. Did he, you know, he always rants and raves when stuff is said about him. So he, did he say any, I mean, is there any blowback for this? Indeed, Maureen. You would expect. Yeah. That Donald Again, Trump. I have not seen this shit. It, Dan, have you ever just felt the earth under your feet or just reached your finger in and touched a stream that's burbling? I mean, I have been punched in the gut by a tree, if that's what you're getting to. Well, okay. I feel like I'm about to get punched in the gut by a tree. You might. Because, in fact, Donald Trump did issue a statement last night via fax. He addressed head on. Wait, via fax? Well, by via one of his fake tweet things. I don't know how he sends them out. I always just assume they go out via fax. All right. I just think he's sitting in Mar-a-Lago feeding paper in. Where does this go? Anyway, he addressed it head on, Maureen. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. Many people are asking, he starts. So I'll give it to you now. It is 100% true. While playing with the legendary golfer Ernie Els, winner of four majors and approximately 72 other tournaments throughout the world, Gene Sowers, winner of the Senior U.S. Open, Ken Duke, and Mike Goods, both excellent tour players, I made a hole-in-one. Dan, what is happening right now? 
It took place at Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida on the seventh hole. Dan. Which was playing 181 yards into a slight wind. Daniel. Yes, Maureen. What is happening? I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind with approximately five feet of cut, whereupon it bounced twice and then went, and this is italicized, clank into the hole. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better, but on that one hole only, their swings weren't. Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it. Quite exciting. And people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. Playing with that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. The match was Ernie and me with no strokes against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won because I'm a very modest individual and you will then say I was bragging and I don't like people who brag. And therein lies the end of his statement. Dan? You did not warn me that this was about to happen. (laughs) Well, sometimes you just have to give it to you straight. Dan? Okay, now I'm going to scroll through the notes and I'm going to read this. Okay, first of all, he didn't write this. It's well written. Yeah, look at the... There's like, there's wordplay, there's there's onomatopoeia. He uses the word whereupon. Yeah. He doesn't know the word whereupon. No. There's like commas in the right places. Mm -hmm. There's an M... Dan, there's an M dash in here. There's a fucking M dash in here. Trump doesn't know what an M dash is. That's true. I didn't know about this. Dan, I was out there. I was, I was just living. I was just walking and breathing and talking. And I had a, I'd sat outside and had a drink in the sun. I met so many. I met a dog named Dave one day and I <laughs> I saw a goose and I I befriended so many dogs actually and then I I just ah. How many holes in one did you hit though? Dan I got to drink this whole bucket after we do this and you're do, you're making it hard for me when I'm so hungry and I'm shaking my bucket at you. Don't look at me like that. I'm I'm actually just thinking about this passage, which is these great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better, comma, but on that hole only, comma, their swings weren't. Dan. That is like a legitimately wonderfully written sentence. Yeah. Also, just all the measurements, the seventh hole playing 181 yards. Yeah. I had five iron. It's... It went to a way of five feet of cut. So what's going to come out of all of this, Dan? What's going to happen? What's going to happen, Dan? Well, I mean, I think that he's going to uh, have made a hole in one. Going to go down in history as an excellent golfer. Someone in England asked me, they said, do you think he'll run again? <laughs> Just dropped a pound on my desk, Dan. And... um they asked me that, Dan. They looked me. They looked me, who's done nothing to them. They looked me straight in my stupid face, and they said, "Do you think he's going to run again?" P- and P- I had cheerio. I, I had to tell them the truth. Yeah, Dan. It is March 2022. It is, and that motherfucker is going to run again. Oh, without a doubt. Which means that within the year, Dan. Yeah. We will be in a new circuit of Trump campaigning. Uh Uh-huh. You and me. You and me again. Yeah. Remember 2016? I do. Remember that? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Don't look at me like that. I'm just itching my face. uh, Just itching right below my lip. 
that's all I'm doing. Uh, yeah, in fact, there there are some folks that are beginning to wonder if he is not already breaking campaign finance law because he is essentially campaigning without officially having announced campaigning. He's raising tons of money. In fact, his political action committee uh, has more money in the bank than the Democrats and Republican national committees combined. So... Yeah. Oh, he's definitely running. I didn't know that, Dan. Yeah, he's got a lot of money. Dude has a lot of money. And he's a hell of a golfer. Dan, I had cake. I had tea. Many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now, comma, it is 100% true. My father-in-law was telling me about how to identify butterflies. That sounds nice. You could stay. I'm back now. I know, but it's just a hair plane away. Can't. I mean, you could. It was nice. You could just bring a tent. You see this? It's a picture of me and Oscar with, with a horse. Look with at that. Horse. That looks very nice. Yes. We're both smiling. It's sunny. The, the sun sunny. is catching that horse's face. Yeah, look at that. Beautifully. Yeah. We're there like with an the oil horse. painting. I know, right? It's like a Vermeer. We're so happy in this picture. The horse, yeah. the horse put her, she put her head on my shoulder. I bet. Because I was giving her a scritch. Sure. She came off. She put her head they right on it. my shoulder. Her name yeah. is Sea Eagle. Yeah. Give her a little little sugar cube too. She doesn't. Eat, she don't eat that. They have a very strict diet. So they don't get laminitis. Okay. So you already know how to take care of a horse. You're ready. Just get that colonoscopy out the way. God damn. Get back on a plane. Dan, I'm get so those hungry. those horses want you. I'm back. For There's now. A, a, now you've read all this Trump stuff to me. I yeah. can't eat. The most I have to look forward to today is a different flavor of water. And then I got to drink this bucket, which is going to do terrible things. And then in the morning, I mean, Dan. I mean, at least it's lemon lime flavor. It's going to be so gross. And Could it's going like to do chalk terrible flavor. things. Dan, it does terrible things. <laughs> okay. I don't, believe in you, Maureen Johnson. Don't look at me like that. I'm not looking at you like anything. You absolutely are. I'm oh, not. look at that this face. This is just oh. my face. Mm. You knew how this would go. You knew how this would go. You knew it. You knew I'd be. Oh, you're happy now. Now you're happy because I sound annoyed. <sighs> You were unhappy when I was calm, and now you're looking so smug because you've read a bunch of Trump stuff to me. And now, oh, look at you. Oh, you guys can't see this, but he is just, oh, he's feigning innocence. I don't know what you're talking about. You're a bad man. I'm not. I'm very good. <laughs> don't with this. <laughs> look at it. I know. You should go back to that. Look at the wellies. I have wellies on. There's a great long tradition of people in the English countryside living in little cabins and writing mysteries, and you could be one of those people. That's all I'm saying. It's well established. It's all going to happen, Dan. It's all starting. It's all starting again. It's starting again, Dan. It's already started. You just told me it's already started. Yeah, it has. Don't say it like that. Don't say it. Don't say it like that. Guys, it's happening. I mean, on the flip side, Joe Biden might have COVID. We don't know. God, okay. Uh, says who has been brought to you by you, <laughs> the people that listen to this, and you're so nice, and you're not like Dan, who's a bad man. So thank you for being good people. Um, if you want to come with me tomorrow, um, uh, it's uh, come to New York, and we can. I'll I'll show you my bucket and uh, Patreon. It's where. Uh, uh, Patreon. Uh, the pa You're doing great. The Patreon is where we have things that you can listen to if you like more things. That look, I got an award. You see that? What is that? Yeah, it's an award. What's what kind of award? I'll show it to you. Maureen's pulling like a golden coin. Yeah, it looks like. It's cool. Oh, it's right? like a challenge coin. What is that an award for? South Carolina Young Adult Book Award. 
Look at that. For Truly Devious. It's nice, right? Award winning. Yep. Put it back in the What are case. the symbols on there? It's like a happy reader under a tree. Oh, okay. Sort of. Like, and there's some books. Sort of. Oh, now I see. Yeah. I'll put that over there. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I got a bucket and an award. So there you go. Yeah. One out of two ain't bad. Which one? The award's good. I like buckets too. I mean, it's a it is a it is a quality bucket. It's nice. Yeah, it's a good. one. I was one. pretty proud of it. It didn't fit in the kitchen, so I had to store it in my office. <laughs> <laughs> Says who? Is made possible by you. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. No our, solid food. Yeah, our Patreon, where every Sunday you get a bonus episode. They're back this Sunday. Thank you, everyone, for understanding that we took a little time off. Fill bucket with water and shake well. Do not refrigerate. At 4 to 6 p.m., begin drinking mixture. One eight ounce glass every 10 minutes or bold and underlined as tolerated. Wow. Until then just terrible things follow. Patreon.com slash says who. Which ends with this may take up to six to eight hours. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth who's back. Welcome back, Darth. The last bullet point is chewing gum is acceptable, refreshing, and may help speed the process along. None of this is good news. Contact <laughs> us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. It's also a wonderful place to share your Says Who You projects that you've been working on. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. You can also join the fan run discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who discord. You look like you want to read something. I'm just looking at the picture of us with the horse. Oh, okay. That is, uh, as I, that's not the horse I got, um, ringworm off of. Okay. That well, was diamond. Good. This is sea eagle. Sea eagle. Yeah. That's her that's name. That's a nice name. Yeah. She's a nice horse. Spread the word. Actually, Subscribe. She, she's kind of a bully. She's Please the leave. she's the alpha mare, so she the, she she hits the other horse with her butt. Okay. Yeah. Please leave stars and <laughs> reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, April sixth. It's April next week, Maureen. It's actually April on Friday. But our next episode will be on April sixth. On my last full night in London, I sat with my friend Alexander on a on a couch eating delicious chocolate honeycomb, mm. watching two hours of, of rare BBC footage of Elton John performances. Well, that's nice. Can you imagine how great that was to sit Pretty with great. my friend that I haven't seen in all this time, eating chocolate honeycomb, watching rare Elton John performances? That sounds like a perfect Maureen Johnson night. And here I am now. Yeah. Back. You're telling me this bullshit. Chugging lemon lime butt juice. <laughs> God damn you! I hate you. <laughs> From my basement in Chicago. I just I... inhaled my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dan Sinker. Apologize to everyone. Apologize. I, I, you've uh, been uh, talking about this lemon lime don't. liquid. It's, first of all, it's a powder. Well, it's going to become a liquid. Well. In more a, ways than one. All it is. <laughs> From my basement. <laughs> you look so mad right now. <laughs> You look so mad right now. <laughs> I sh I shouldn't have shown you my award. You don't deserve to see my weird award. You don't deserve. It's not a weird award. You it's don't, a nice award. It's a very nice award. But you don't deserve to see my bucket. <laughs>
this map of a garden I visited. Look at that. That's map nice. of a garden. Bought some flowers. I woke up so early the other day. I was at Trader Joe's when it opened. I got some to of the first... flowers. Those are beautiful. I was they're real cheap too. And I bought groceries and everything to make uh Dexy is Dexy is so thin that I had to take her to the vet to be like, why? And they're like, Your dog's just real thin because she's real fussy. Now she only eats food I make for her, a recipe I oh created boy. myself, which I refer to as meat pile. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. She's so skinny. From my basement in Chicago. I'm so hungry. I, well, you've only got like, what, 18 hours to go. <laughs> I'm Dan Sinker. He's a bad man. <laughs> He's a bad man. <clears throat> I'm very sorry about everything that happened here today, everybody. <laughs> Dan's not. And I'm fine with it. This is the. This has been Sesu. I'm gonna take my. I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna take my bucket and go. <laughs> 